Hey, what's up? You're listening to Setting Stages with Eddie Mack. I'm your host, Eddie Macaranis, and I'm a former dancer who connects with people who've hustled an unconventional path in areas ranging from leadership, art, business, entertainment, health and fitness, social media, and lifestyle so that you can leverage their knowledge and experiences to gain an edge on your personal and professional improvement. I want you to discover how you can create a clearer path in your journey by learning from those who have set the stage in their own discipline. Gain a better understanding of the strategies, struggles, and successes of real leaders and real people. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Thursday. It's podcast day. And I hope the week has been as fantastic for you as it has been for me. So check it out. If you're looking to build your brand or small business, marketing your brand or business is a huge task to tackle, which is why I sat down with marketing consultant Chris Morrison. Chris is familiar with B2B marketing, business-to-business marketing, since he works for a marketing firm in San Diego, but he's also branched off and created his own business and is experienced in business-to-consumer marketing, and he is now a consultant for local businesses in San Diego for himself. He's helped strategies for blogs like Low SoCal Blog, and he even consulted a past guest of Setting Stages, Eminon Clothing, to help build their social media presence. Chris is a young entrepreneur with a fresh outlook, and he's going to share some practical and actionable tips on how to expose your initiative through marketing your business. He even tackles a couple questions from social media in today's episode that just might be up your alley when it comes to business marketing. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Morrison. Let's go. Chris, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Eddie. Appreciate I love the show. It. Right on. Thanks, man. Appreciate the compliment. Um, so to start things off, before we kind of dive deep into what you have to offer for us today, tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from? Where were you born? And what was it like growing up being Chris? Sure. So I'm from Oceanside, California, born and raised. Uh, lived here for the first 23 years of my life. Um, then recently moved to San Diego. Pretty normal childhood. Um when I was a kid, I loved playing with Legos, and I'd like tell stories with all the little Lego guys, and I think that that really helped me kind of go into marketing. Um, that's really all it is, is telling stories. So that kind of started, I had no idea what even marketing was, I was just a little kid, right? Right. Um, and then, you know, as I got into high school, I really got into graphic design, Okay. Um, and really enjoyed the classes there, uh, made some cool stuff, and started doing graphic design for people in the community. Um, I was a broke high school kid wanting to make some money. Nice. <laughs> um, so I thought about doing that once I went to college. Um, I kind of started looking into the job prospects and found that it maybe wasn't as good as I thought it had been. Hmm. Um, so one of the things I like most in my graphic design classes was making ads or business cards or billboards or whatever we were doing that advertised something. 
Um, so I started looking into advertising and marketing and decided that that was the way I wanted to go in college. Really? And yeah, it just kind of took off since then. You did it for local businesses then? or Yeah, yeah. Really? Like both the graphic design and then once I got into college, I started doing marketing for local businesses. Yeah. In high school and when I started in college, it was for free just because I wanted the practice. I needed the exposure. Um, I was still trying to learn all kinds of stuff. Um, but yeah, that really helped. I think it... Uh, I was able to try my career before I was really like into it sure. and, and make sure I liked it. Yeah. The, um, the marketing, you didn't know what it was and everything, but after having done advertising, what attracted you to that so much? Um, I liked the idea that, you know, as a business owner, you would be able to tell a story about your product or, or your business or your family. A lot of the people I were working with were small business owners. It was a family business and had been in the family for a while, or they had just started it, but they were trying to, you know, use it as a means to, to help their family. So that was really cool being able to hear them tell their stories and helping them share those stories with their customers and the community around them. That really drew me into it, you know, being able to take the tools that are marketing and be able to pull these stories out and really display them was awesome. That's that's really how I fell in love with it. Did you have any idea of how much of a difference your advertising work made for that business? For instance, did it increase traffic for any particular business? Or um, were they getting more calls to kind of generate revenue? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, it takes a little time after you start running campaigns and doing social media or flyers or even just engaging with the community more no matter what it is. Um, it's really cool to see that kind of return on investment for the business owner. Um, I remember when I first started, I was working with this lady who did cello lessons and she didn't have business cards. She didn't have a website. She didn't have social media. It was just word of mouth, right? Like her friends, her friends would bring her kids and they'd tell their friends and, you know, she had decent clients, but she was trying to make a living at this and like quit her day job. Um, so, you know, with her, I was able to help her put all that together i made her a business card and worked together on the design and same thing with a website and then you know i kind of showed her and taught her how to run social media and all of that nice and after a couple months her business really took off she was able to you know get more clients her name was a little more known in the community so it was really cool seeing that and she was very happy of course you know she really liked that um but just didn't have the tools to be able to do it she you know didn't really know where to start or what to do. So that's kind of where I stepped in. It was great helping her do that. Was this work that you did for her in high school? Or is this... Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> it was a while How long ago? This was probably my first start at college. Okay. Because um, it was mostly graphic design stuff, like the business card and the website. Cool. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was probably just when I started college. So like 2013, 14, somewhere in there. Okay, cool. So, yeah, a handful of years ago, really, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> so by then, obviously, social media plays a huge role in the way that businesses are marketed. You were doing basically graphic design at that point. Mm-hmm. Being in marketing, I imagine it to be, you've got, you've got to be a salesperson, really, to some degree. And when it comes to sales, it's really caring about the person, right? It's caring Absolutely. about what the client wants to accomplish. And in order for you to do that, you've got to be able to peel the onion, so to speak, and just ask the right questions to kind of dial in on what they want to accomplish. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Those questions, when you first start with a client trying to figure out what they really want, are important for two reasons. Um, You know, from the consultant perspective, at the end of this thing, you want to make sure they're happy with what you did. You want to get paid, that whole thing. So to do that, you want to make sure, you know, you have the right scope for the project. And then you also really want to 
um, find out what they're all about. One of the things I like most about the consulting that I do is that it's a wide array of businesses. It's everything from uh, software developers to um, off-road, you know, accessory suppliers to, I mean, everyone in between. A guy who runs a dental clinic. So those are all different worlds for sure. Yeah, and yeah. I know nothing about any of them. So well, that's one of the most fun parts of the consulting is I get to learn about all these businesses that I would have no idea about either way or anyway. Um, but yeah, so those questions at the beginning are super important to figure out what you need to do from what they really need. And sometimes what a business owner thinks they need or, you know, what sounds cool or sexy or they saw it in an article three days ago won't actually help. Um, they need something maybe a little different or that idea on a different medium. Um, you know, just because social media and Instagram are hip right now doesn't mean Instagram is going to be the solution for your business, right? A lot of businesses, Instagram just doesn't work. Yeah. So it's kind of figuring out where those, uh, where those conflicts might be and what they really want and need. That's interesting that you even mentioned Instagram, maybe not necessarily being here permanently or whatever Mm -hmm. the case might be as of this recording just last week or maybe just a few days ago instagram and facebook went down dude yeah you saw that That was was crazy that was nuts people were freaking out and crazy i can't imagine how much money was lost for businesses just because i mean think about you're running a paid campaign you're spending money per click on facebook and instagram and you're used to a certain amount of money per day and then they just stop yeah completely and there's nothing you can do yeah yeah or you run your entire business through facebook and it's just down uh it's it really highlights the uh the importance of diversifying yeah and so you know when when it went down i'm curious to know too if like because I've, I've paid for advertising for the mm-hmm. for the show um so that i can get more exposure and everything but um there's the ability to pause your advertising for whatever stint of time that you paid for so let's say five days that i paid for in advertising yeah. and um you i have the ability to pause the advertising and i'm not paying for that advertising because mm-hmm. it's not running yeah exactly when a system goes down like that dude i'm wondering if it automatically paused all ads and if so what happens when the system comes back up is and now you've got a bunch of ads kind of jumping right back on the switch is back on and your Instagram feed is yeah, just ads, 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 yeah, ads. Exactly. And it's like, and you get lost in the shuffle and that sucks. Yeah. Sucks it's a lot. crazy. Like I remember going on Instagram after that happened and you know, I'm used to a pretty full news feed. Like you scroll for a while before you see that little message that says, Hey, you're all caught up. True. And it was like three or four posts and nothing, no businesses posting, no ad. It was just, it was weird to see, but I mean, it does highlight that. Um, I looked at some of my clients' ads and it didn't pause from what I saw. Oh, that so sucks. Yeah, right? It's just money down the drain. It really is. Um, so, you know, and then they're unhappy and I'm unhappy, but there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Um, and that is kind of the thing you have to remember when you're doing advertising on social media is that you're piggybacking off of these companies, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever Pinterest you're, you know, you're doing if they go down, then you need to have something else, right? If Instagram sure. disappeared tomorrow for good instead of coming back, right. a lot of people would be freaking out, myself included. That's interesting, you know, because what what's happening right now in, let's say, just say the last handful of years, let's say three to mm-hmm. even five years, and even five is hard to say, Yeah. but in the last three years... One of the biggest trends that's happened in social media is influencer marketing. Oh, yeah, Some sure. people have donned it, donned it to be a dying 
like fad mm-hmm. others and i think i agree with this more and i'm because i'm more optimistic about it <laughs> is it's barely even begun yeah first of all from your experience and perspective define what you see is an influencer marketer so an influencer is someone who has enough of a following that they get paid to endorse certain products or brands or whatever and it can be very upfront and they're like hey this is a paid advertisement i'm promoting whatever or they can just wear those things in the normal instagram photos and facebook and youtube videos that they would post Um, so you can kind of go either way there are laws around it if you're specifically promoting a product you have to say it you have to show it's an ad an influencer is really someone, and Instagram is where it's most known, but it's really everywhere. Sure. Um, even offline, you know, celebrities were the original influencers, right? right? Whatever you saw them wearing on the red carpet or in paparazzi photos or whatever, that's what was cool. But now with social media, that's really expanded, and it's not just A-list celebrities who are influencers. It's, you know, the guy three doors down from you who runs a gaming channel and has, you know... 50,000 subscribers, maybe he gets a free game and he can promote it. Um, That's actually probably the best uh, example of influencer marketing I can give that doesn't involve Instagram recently and kind of show how that space is expanding. Interesting that Um, you bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. So recently there is a a guy on Twitch, um, which is a a service where you can stream video games um, for an audience who uh, got paid a million dollars to stream a new game and play it for people um ninja he's one of the biggest guys on the platform yeah i'm sure but, a lot of yeah. people who are listening know exactly who yeah he's yeah about. so new game came out and the producers of that game paid him a million dollars to play it and you know he highlighted that it was an ad and he was promoting the game but yeah that's definitely an influencer um and now it's for those listening who know it's apex legends and now it's one of the largest games you know out there so he didn't use Instagram or anything else, but he was big enough in a certain space, a certain market, where a company felt it valuable to pay him that amount of money yeah. to promote their game. And better yet, it worked. Let's talk about Ninja for a second. Sure. So obviously he's found this incredibly cool niche, which I think has it was looked down upon when I was growing up to, oh, to video game like crazy. Playing video games all day every day is partly what I wanted to do. Right. Um, but I was also like out and about riding my bike and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of relate to like, let's let's get out of the four walls of the house for a second. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But I mean, Ninja has literally made uh, his entire living off of spending 12 hours a day on video games. Right. If not more. It's I mean, crazy. who knows? Yeah. Um, what do you think... Is the difference maker the it factor that makes a popular influencer like ninja so there's a couple of things um first is personality i haven't watched him a lot but just kind of influencers in general i mean they're people that you feel like you can connect with right they have personalities they're fun they're engaging mm. um you know ninja from the little bit i've seen seems like a you know down-to-earth guy who's just happy he gets to play video games for I agree. a living yeah that's what i get from what little i know about him too yeah, yeah. so that first thing is definitely the personality. The second is authenticity, right? Yeah, they're selling you products, sure. But most of them, especially the smaller influencers, um, go with products that they actually use in their daily life, stuff that they like, um, right? It'd be like you 
Eddie doing an ad for these microphones that we're using, right? It's something you use all the time. You like them. Um, and you wouldn't feel like you were quote selling out if you promoted them because it's something you actually use and could, you know, happily recommend to others. Fair. So a lot of influencers do that. And authenticity is super important. The second you feel like they're just doing it for the money or faking it or whatever, um, it's not as, it's like a TV commercial. You start tuning it out. Got you. It's a sales pitch instead of like exactly. adding value. Yeah. Instead of something that they're recommending to a friend, which in my opinion is how it should feel. Yeah. So Ninja kicks really oh, like a lot of butt on video games yeah. and everyone loves watching somebody who kicks a lot of butt on video games. Exactly. <laughs> and like going back and watching that stream, you could tell he was like having actual fun with the game. He wasn't like putting on some kind of performance or something. He was actually engaged with it. Yeah. And so I think that really matters, especially if you're doing something like that where it's live, like streaming something or a video about it. I think that's incredibly important that, you know, it's it actually matters to you. Since you're in a consulting role with other businesses, um, influencers as well, mm-hmm. what um, for you when you grew, when you look back at your childhood, were you like a wallflower or a social butterfly? More of a wallflower. I was yeah? pretty shy until I got into high school, um, and even then, I didn't really open up much until uh, until college. But as I started to get into marketing, I realized that. It, it really is about talking to me. Like you said, it's like sales. You have to make those connections. And now it's one of my favorite parts. Like I mentioned earlier, I love meeting these uh, these small business owners and learning about what they do and how they ran their business and promoting them. And that requires me to be very outgoing, but I enjoy it now. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm kind of jumping around just because, I mean, I'm, I'm asking about a little bit about your past and yeah, your personality. Sure. It's What do you think is, it, it? what made a difference for you? Why is it so... I guess, intriguing or engaging for you to help a business out like that? Uh, So there are a couple things. Um, I worked, you know, just kind of basic jobs after high school for a couple small businesses. And I really loved where I worked. Um, They were great people. They were, you know, their products were good, but they were just kind of relying on foot traffic and it was a small family business and they were, you know, worried about bills sometimes. And so, um, I started helping them and it really helped and I figured I could do that for other people. And so seeing Mm. that small family business kind of bloom and, you know, it made the owners happy. We were wonderful people. Um, I wanted to do that for others as well. I figured I'd do it with them. Why not other people? Um, and at that time, that was when I just started college, so I was really getting into the whole marketing thing and figured that would be the best way to do it to kind of, you know, help other businesses grow and provide awesome products to great customers. That's cool. Um, as far as you doing the consulting side of things, I'm, uh, I mean, you do it for a firm. Mm-hmm. And you've also branched out to create your own business as well. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> um, when it comes to you generating the business that you've had so far under your own belt, aside from the firm, what did you do to, say, reach out to that first business customer? So it was word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um the reason I'm sitting here with you is because we both know Gabe Medina, who runs a clothing company in Oceanside called Eminon. Um, shout out, little, Gabe. Yeah, yeah, shout out there. They're awesome. They are. But So I started doing stuff for him. Um, I was running their social media for a little while, doing email campaigns, um, all for free because I knew Gabe from high school. He was a buddy. I was just trying to help, right? 
And so I had him, I create a website and then I had Gabe write me a testimonial about what I did for them. And so I worked a little bit for free for people I knew, had them write nice stuff about me. And, you know, they were happy, of course, they were happy to do it. And then, um, yeah, started using that site and literally everyone I talked to, I mentioned it. You know, I'm not pushy, I'm not, but, you know, people ask, hey, what do you do for a living, man? I'm like, oh, I, I run my own marketing consulting business. I don't mention my day job, you know, unless they ask, but I put that first. Um, and, you know, I just give them a business card. So, but first it was, you know, friends, friends of friends, and then um, just networking. I go to a bunch of networking events all the time at my hmm. college, in town. Um, I get invites from people on LinkedIn, go to networking stuff and just talk to people you know you were talking about kind of becoming more outgoing and you know the first time i went to one of those things it was scary i knew no one in the room right, right. i can imagine just, you have to go up and just cold introduce yourself to people and that was a little rough but as you do it more and more and more um i found i've become way more comfortable with it it's helped me kind of step out of my shell uh, it's fun i enjoy it you usually get free drinks and food too. But. Yeah, nice perk, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But then the business and the biz dev is really, really important. Yeah. When you're at a network um, event like that or some kind of group meetup, things like that, I actually need to do that more often with podcasters. So if there are any other podcast listeners who are actually podcast hosts listening to the show, let's connect, man. Hit me up. But anyway, when I'm at a networking event, which is a rare occasion in terms of this podcast realm, um, I can imagine that to be social means that you have to be able to provide value to somebody else. If I'm going to up to somebody who's, um, let's just say, let's say I want to be a voiceover actor mm -hmm. and I go to some kind of like media event where I'm, I've got this ability to network, right? Or this opportunity to network and I'm a podcast host and I use my voice as a way of communicating. Yeah. If I wanted to get a voiceover gig, my approach would be, and you tell me what you think about this, sure. my approach would be to somebody who is looking to advertise, let's say, for mm -hmm. a, a podcast ad or a radio ad or something, or even a TV ad, and I can be a voiceover for the TV ad. I would begin by asking them about their business and what they do, and a lot less about what I do. I, wouldn't, I, I probably wouldn't even mention until they ask me that I'm actually looking to be a voiceover actor. What are your thoughts on that approach as far as cold introducing yourself in a networking event like that? Dude, I think that's the best way to do it. Um, like we talked about earlier, people like answering that kind of questions, right? You like talking about yourself. And for people who run small businesses or you know, even if you're working for a large company, you like talking about your job. Um, so asking those questions, getting them talking about that, they'll bring up their needs automatically because they'll complain, right? They're like, I can't. I can't find a voiceover, right? Or I'm having issues with a commercial right now. Or, you know, I'm, in my case, people say, yeah, I'm I'm doing really well from foot traffic, but I just don't understand how Instagram works. Like, my kid gets it, but they won't sit down and explain it to me. So, and then that's where you can step in and just be like, hey, you know, if you're ever interested, I don't like high pressure stuff. So I usually just kind of go, if you're ever interested, you know, check out my website, be happy to talk and you know, help you out. And it's just simple like that. And you, you know, keep going or they'll ask what you do. And that's where you can step in and be like, Oh, you know, I do 
voiceover work and run a podcast. Um, and for you, actually, the podcast is great because they can hear you talk for hours, right? So they know exactly what they're getting. That's what I try and do with my website. I have testimonials, work I've done in the past. So I know exactly what they're getting. Mm-hmm. And for those listening, that's what I recommend as well. Whatever you're doing, make sure you have something to show for it, right? So if you're just getting started and you're going into something creative, photography, podcasting, marketing, or you're going into business or, you know, even something more numbers like accounting or science, have something to show, uh, even if it's schoolwork you've did, right? Save those reports you did for your class at one time. Um, Try and do something for someone in the real world outside of school um, and, you know, offer to do it for free, whatever, just so you can get that first like case study or report or testimonial or whatever it is because that'll really open a lot of doors and i appreciate the fact that you're bringing up the real world experience because right now i think that we're in this huge transitional period where people are straying from just the book knowledge and i think book knowledge is important by the way it's not something that needs to be that that should necessarily be brushed off or overlooked yeah same but Real-world application is huge. And now that we have social media, just the Internet in general, all right, the fact that we have that as a way of communicating who we are, our reputation, a.k.a. our personal brand, um, what would you say are like, what's a a group of things or or bits of advice, maybe a, a, a step process that you might have to kind of help bring that real world feeling from an influencer marketer business to create content on the web? Great question. And it's hard to do, right? There's lots of people who are like, I'm going to be an influencer. And then they make no money for forever. Sure. <laughs> forever. Right? Yeah. Well, there's a couple key things that if you focus on whether you want to be an influencer, whether you're starting a business, um, you know, whether you just want to have your own personal Instagram look a little nicer, right? And yeah. You want to feel better about it when people follow you. Um, there's a couple of things. First, number one, and we already mentioned this when we were talking about ninjas, authenticity. You have to be authentic, whether you're a business, a personal brand, a influencer, whatever. You have to be authentic. And that looks different for everybody in every business. Um you know, off the top of my head, uh, if you're looking at influencers and businesses who use influencers well for authenticity, uh, is a brand called Movement Watches. Um, you see them everywhere. They do do ads on podcasts, by the way. They so, do. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, but that's why the podcasting is actually a great example because they pick the podcast they do fairly carefully. And it's the type of people who would wear their watches normally, who are happy to wear the watches in just their day-to-day lives. They're not just slapping it on for that podcast. Maybe some are, but same thing with the influencers on Instagram that they use or Facebook or YouTube. All of them, it's, you know, people who would wear that kind of watch or jewelry or they've even gone to sunglasses now in their day-to-day lives. So it's authentic. It's people who would normally wear it. Um, outdoor clothing is good at this. Uh, REI does this really well. Um, There's lots of brands that you can look at. On the flip side of it, you can look at the Kardashians, right? Even though it may not be... That's what their life is like. So it's authentic for them. Um, I actually really like the Kardashians, not so much as people, but the way they use social media is insane. Yeah, just brilliant. It's a science. They've Mm. nailed it, (laughs) right? So 
But yeah, I mean, you can look at kind of both sides of the spectrum there and find people who are killing it because they're authentic to themselves. Okay. Um, and then if people see that, they'll follow you. Um, so that's kind of the first one with authenticity. Second one is content. Okay. So now that you've created this authentic brand and you know kind of what you want to be and what you want to put out there, you have to start putting stuff out there. Okay. Which can be daunting for some people, right? It's it's not easy, especially if you're starting from scratch, to figure out what to post for that first picture. Or, you know, if you've got an Instagram account going or Facebook or YouTube, you know, a lot of people aren't comfortable with being in front of the camera or they don't like how their voice sounds or, you know, whatever. there's a lot of stuff they have a hard time writing uh, messages or copy that goes beneath the picture or beneath the video. Um, it's difficult. Creating content is probably the hardest thing. And for a lot of my clients, they really struggle with it, um, especially if they're trying to do a volume of it, right? Yeah. So one of the things I recommend for content is to do a larger content piece. Um, again, a podcast is a good example of that, right? Because especially if you're filming it, you can chop it up, take different pieces of it. And, you know, you did all the work to film an hour podcast, but you can trim that down and do, you know, 20, 30 posts on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And so it, it lessens the load on you, which is always nice. Right, because we're all busy people, and then it makes it so that you're driving people to that larger block of content, right? So if you posted something from this podcast on Instagram, right, a little ten second clip, and people liked it, maybe they go listen to the whole thing, right? They swipe up. Same thing with YouTube. You post five minutes on YouTube, and the rest is on your website. Now you're driving website traffic or Spotify or you know wherever you want people to go listen to it. And you can take that same idea and apply it to a lot of different things, your products, your, you know, if you're selling merch, if you are a photographer and you want people to look at a whole gallery, um, the important thing is not to put it behind a paywall, right? People don't want to pay for content. Not nowadays when I can, you can find so much of it for free. So authenticity and content are probably the biggest things and one last thing on content is you don't want to overanalyze it too much, right? Um, all of the social media networks make it really easy to post content quickly, right? And your cell phone camera is fantastic, right? If you have a modern cell phone, the camera on there is great. So you can post quick content really easily and not have to put so much thought into it. I think a lot of people get bogged down with putting a lot of thought into it. Mm-hmm. Especially with like Snapchat, Instagram, and Facebook stories, those are only there for 24 hours. If you put something on there and it's not great, no one's going to remember it in a day, right? Right. So that's a really good place to experiment. <clears throat> and then the stuff that kills on there, you can put on your feed. So that's kind of a good way to start and put your toes in the water, so to speak. On that topic of just overthinking maybe before putting that content out, I think... Th- what it boils down to, especially with stories. So you have, you know, your Instagram feed as an example, that page is like a lot for a lot of people anyways, is a very carefully curated series of photos, right? Um, You know, maybe they spent three hours on one particular scene, several outfits maybe, or Mm -hmm. whatever the case is. I'm just thinking like maybe a fashion blog, right? Yeah. And um, then they select, you know, two, three pictures that ends up being spread over the course of a month. Um, out of one photo shoot, which I think is really a good use of your time, yeah, first of absolutely. all. That's three hours of shooting 
um, you know, seven outfits or whatever the case is. And then you have content now for a month. For a while, yeah. So that's dope. Then there's the stories where like you're saying, don't overthink the content. If you've got a camera, it makes it really easy on your phone to just put content out right then and there, even if it's not perfect. Now you've got Instagram stories, which can do that for you. Snapchat, another example, yeah. which is, you know, what Instagram copied. Yeah, Facebook as well has done it. Facebook's doing it too. And something important <clears throat> there, I want to go back to what you said about the feed versus the stories. Um, so a lot of the people I work with are a little older. Um, they're starting businesses, sometimes in retirement even, and they don't use Instagram or social media at all. They maybe use Facebook to keep up with their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't know a ton about it, and so I have to explain to them. And one of the easiest ways to wrap your head around this is your Instagram feed and Facebook too, but Instagram's kind of an easier way to think about it. Your Instagram feed should be more like a scrapbook and less like a magazine. So... You Interesting way of not, putting it, man. So, like, it should not be products, 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 right? It That no one's going to follow you. No one wants to be sold to in every single post. But everyone likes scrapbooks, and that's kind of what Instagram has turned into is, you know, just for regular people, it's a good way to keep track of your photos, like a scrapbook, and mm. share it with others. And for businesses or influencers, influencers can do this a bit more, but even businesses can do this. If you try and frame it in that way, then you really get more engagement. You get more people following you. You get more people looking at your stuff. Same thing with YouTube and Facebook. If you treat it like a scrapbook or a video book, I guess, yeah, fair, um, fair. Is, is a good way to look at it as opposed to a magazine or a TV commercial, right? You know, every once in a while, that's fine. Yeah, you guys sell your products, I get it. And you want to showcase your products in that scrapbook, but you don't want it to be a whole bunch of TV commercials in a row for your product and buy my whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the stories you show how that scrapbook gets made, right? Here's the photo shoot. I, right. Here's the nice picture from the photo shoot that looks good. Right. Here's, you know, that you were talking about, right. You do content for the next month and your stories are behind the scenes of that photo shoot. How, you know, how you set things up, how you chose the outfits, right. That kind of thing. So it really makes it more personal in the stories. It's behind the scenes. No one's going to save it or see it, so it's gone in 24 hours. But it gives you double the content for one photo shoot or one product launch or one podcast. You know, whatever you're doing, it gives you double the content for half the work. Yeah, man. Which I can get behind. It's just math at that point (laughs) all right so we have authenticity Mm -hmm. and we have content you got a third step yeah and it's fairly important ties right into what we were just talking about is consistency okay right so if you have a personal brand you want to be consistent you can change things up if you you know pivot you can do it you can rebrand but if you have a personal brand and ideals you need to stick with that if you're an influencer and you pick a market you need to stick with that market right if you're going off-road influencer and your your whole Instagram feed is whipping around in trucks and you know little dune buggies and going out to the desert and all of a sudden the next morning you're posting fashion tutorials it's gonna be jarring you know that's a crazy example but a lot of people um, will do that in in smaller um, smaller ways right sure they'll deviate from that brand um, I want to be careful about how I say this that's that's okay. But consistency helps, right? If people are used to seeing a certain thing from you, then that's what they're going to come to you for. Okay. Right? 
So like with my own brand, I'm consistent. I market for small businesses as a consultant. Um, I have, you know, kind of a set client base and through my website, you can see the type of work I do. Um, and I tend to stick to a specific kind of work. Okay. All right. So people know, come to me if they want help with social media, they don't come to me if they want help with marketing strategy, they know, come to me if they want help creating email campaigns, they won't come to me if they want help putting together a video. I can't do video editing. I don't know how to do a video editing. It's a pain. I don't like it. Yeah. I'll send them in the direction of someone who can. So when you apply that to a business, you really want to be consistent. And that even comes with how you post, right? If you're posting every single Monday morning, then you want to keep posting every single Monday morning. Got you. Especially if you're first starting off, right? You open up your Instagram and there's nothing there. If you start out consistently, you're posting three times a week. It's three same, three same days and you're going, it lets you see patterns, which is nice. You can tell if that's the best time to post or not, how many people are liking you. Wow, the posts I do on Wednesdays do really well. The posts I do on Fridays suck. Maybe I should do two on Wednesday instead. Interesting. Right? So it lets you see patterns if you do it consistently. And then, like I mentioned previously, it also lets people know that, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they're going to get a post from you, right? And if they like your products and they like what you're doing, they'll keep a lookout for it right? They'll follow it. So you post a podcast on a weekly basis. I do. And so people know that every Thursday, man, Chris, you are oh. a true audience member, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so people know every Thursday that there's going to be a new podcast from you on whatever listening they go to. Right. So if I know that I don't even have to follow you on social media, I just know show up Spotify Thursday, there's going to be a podcast from Eddie. Right. And that kind of consistency is good. If you suddenly switch to dropping your podcast on Monday, you'd have to do a bit of marketing to tell people that that's going to happen. Otherwise, it's going to show up on Thursday. There's no podcast, and they're going to wonder what's happening. Right. So you got to apply that to whatever you're doing. So authenticity, content, and consistency are really the three main things. And if that whole like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, whatever, if that sounds too rigid for you, then whatever works. Maybe you post in the first half of the week because your content is geared towards motivating people. You want to motivate them when they start work. That's fine. It doesn't really matter as long as you're consistent with it. Um, if you're doing five posts a day on a whole bunch of platforms, again, that's fine. More content, fantastic, as long as you're consistent. And you can look at the back end of Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and all the others and see the metrics from those posts uh, and see how they're doing. And I'll let you know if that consistency is good for you or if you need to change things up a bit. Legit. All right. Authenticity, mm -hmm. content, consistency. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to that? So those are the big three. If you're, like I said, just kind of words of encouragement. If you're just starting or if you're trying to learn this whole Instagram thing or Facebook or YouTube, um, a couple of things. They're meant to be intuitive, right? Facebook and Instagram's whole goal is to get everyone on the planet using their services. Same mm. thing with YouTube or Google or whatever. The more people they get on there, the more money they make, the better off they are. So they make it easy. That being said, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of tricky, especially once you start digging into analytics for posts. If you want to run paid advertisements, now you're putting money on the line. So you kind of want to be sure about that. Um, my advice and a lot of, you know, how I still do things if I don't know something is just type what you want to learn into Google. 
you'll find someone who will break it down for you in a YouTube video, walk you through how to do it. It's not super difficult to learn. You can definitely do it, right? If you're out there and you're starting a business and you have the you know intelligence to do that, you can do this no problem. Yeah. So just words of encouragement. If you've never messed around with these things before, it's not super hard to learn. It's not daunting. Especially when you first start, you have no followers, no one's seeing it. So you can play around and try things and test things with a very small audience and no one's gonna, you know, it's not gonna be a PR nightmare for your business. Agreed. You know, to even grow this podcast and I've, you know, pretty, I guess, acute audience because of the, my my numbers aren't like huge. It's not Joe Rogan level. Um, <laughs> it's Eddie Mac level right now. Yeah. And I'm good with it. I really like the content that I put out. Uh, I'm happy with it. But I'm also trying to gain kind of an understanding of what my audience wants. And uh, so far, I've been growing at a steady pace, albeit slow, but I'm, I'm content with the fact that there's growth at all. But in, And just a piece of advice for anyone else who might be aspiring to grow some kind of audience, whether that is through audio like a podcast, or maybe even through YouTube content or Instagram or whatever the case might be, I, I take Chris's advice on this, which is Google it, search it. Everything is so accessible now. Um, you know, like a new a new vocabulary word for me as a podcast host is metadata. And it's the all the little <laughs> yeah. stuff that I type into the description of any episode is actually searchable content on Google. It's searchable content on Apple Podcasts. And those key words that are relevant to the topic that I'm discussing on any episode of Setting Stages is actually something that would be searched on a podcast platform. So it's crazy how something like uh, marketing consultant would be something that's now searchable for this specific episode if I had the metadata mm-hmm. properly curated on the episode. So it's crazy. Just And I learned all that from YouTube. And YouTube is also another search yep. engine. So it's just as powerful. Um, yeah, I think that's super sound, very practical advice, Chris. Yeah. It's legit. And you, there's baby steps, right? Like I said, these these platforms make it easy for you to set up advertisements, which is really where I get the most questions, right? People know how to post. For a lot of people, especially our age, it's intuitive. But once you start putting money behind it and setting up ads, um, it's a whole different world. It can get daunting very quickly. They'll walk you through it, but a lot of the vocabulary, a lot of the terms that they Mm. use, um, you know, different toggle switches for the ads. What does it mean if I pause something, right? Is that, is it just done or can it come back? I mean, there's lots of questions. I get lots of emails and DMs with questions about how to set up ads correctly how to make sure you're not just tossing your money in a black hole and you know what things mean so you can always google those um they the social media networks wouldn't you be able to spend your money yeah that's that's why facebook is a billion dollar company is because people run ads so it's not super hard to do um i'm always happy to help but you can definitely there are resources out there where you can learn this for yourself and walk yourself through it and you know start with a small budget run the ad see how it does and learn from there right i've run so many ads especially when i was first starting that just didn't work right you know i'd put a hundred dollars of my own money behind it and nothing right no new clients no no new followers right but you know every campaign at the end of it you can look at all of the data that you get, um, and the same thing for posts. Actually, you can see how the campaign does, why maybe it didn't work. You can go try something else. 
So it's really a good tool to learn in between what Facebook and Instagram and YouTube actually give you and then the tutorials that are out there, it's not too tricky. Most people can figure it out. You know, speaking of advertising too, especially on social, okay, first of all, um, there are business Instagram accounts. Mine is one of those. And what makes it a business Instagram account is that I get this little gray like subscriptor mm -hmm. in my profile. And it says, on mine anyways, it says personal blog. I had no freaking idea what I was doing when I was setting it up. I kind of want to change it. Anyways, um, but some, some people might put down public figure as an example or, you know, online shop. And they do that through Facebook. The moment that you set up a business account on Instagram, you will then begin to get advertising from Facebook and Instagram asking you to advertise your business yep. through their platforms. It is a business out there. That being said, Facebook and Instagram are ways for us businesses to advertise ourselves through a platform that is heavily used. And I think, and, uh, and I get this from Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. He says it is grossly underpriced. It is. And the way that it's been described totally makes sense to me. Um, a billboard on the 78 freeway can tell you about the dentist office that's on the next exit. And it will actually just drive business to those who actually see that billboard. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much it costs to rent a billboard. A lot. Okay. I don't even know what the numbers are. Let's just say it's like $1,000. Is that even a number? That, no, it's no. more like seventy grand. Oh, okay. See? Like... And to me, $1,000 is big money to put a freaking poster on a billboard, right? But seventy grand to rent a billboard that will only reach out to the people heading west on the 78 versus a $30 ad for six days on Instagram to advertise that same business. Yeah. Now you're reaching out to about maybe 4,000 other people that are just on the local feed of Instagram versus driving west on the 78. Exactly. That's wild to me, man. And it's so much cheaper, right? Instagram and Facebook ads are not expensive. You can run them for 4 or $5 a day and get good results. Um, of course, if it's working, put more money into it, please. But, <laughs> you know, if you're starting, you can run it for 4 or 5 bucks a day just to dip your toes in. And like you said, right, taking the billboard example, a lot of people are going to see it, but not all of them are going to live there and want to go to that dentist. And then even more than that, I'm the dentist. How do I know that my billboard's working, right? Or people, I ask people if they come in and schedule an appointment and be like, you saw our billboard? And you're going to be like, what billboard? Or they'll be like, <laughs> or they, yeah. they won't care. They'll be like, yeah, sure, dude. Yeah, I saw the billboard, right? And it's hard to know whether they're just saying that or they saw the billboard and that's what made them sign up or whatever. But with the analytics you get from social media ads, you can see all of that, right? You can track people from the second they click the ad to the second they make a purchase on your website or go to the download link or view the picture, whatever it is you have as a call to action for that. You can follow that person all the way through the process. So if you have a sales funnel, right, you're trying to get people to go from Facebook to the website, buy the shirt, check out, right? You can see what step in that process people are falling out of that funnel at. Mm -hmm. And then you can go fix it and make that part better, right? If they click on the Facebook ad and they're driven to your website and then leave, your website's probably not that great and you need to look into that landing page. If they go to, they click on the shirt and then leave before checking out, well, maybe your prices are too high or they don't like the design or you don't ship to where they're from. So you, it really kind of helps you look at different problems you may have in your business and 
have enough people hit that page where you can figure out where those issues are. So yeah, I, I highly recommend if you haven't tried digital advertising, try it. It's, it's so much better. There's definitely still a place for print and traditional advertising by far. Um, it's definitely still used and still has great results, but nothing beats the, the metrics and return on investment you can see from digital. Legit. Thanks. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Sure. You and I both reached out to our audiences on Instagram mm -hmm. to see if there's any questions out there for us to address. Yeah. Um, really not even me, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I put it out there. I've got a business uh, marketing consultant that's going to be on the show. What questions would you want to ask to pick his brain? So um, can I start off with my question that, yeah, I, that I got? I'm, um, there aren't many people that are actually looking to build a business-to-business -business relationship in my audience, but mm -hmm. I do have one that did respond. Awesome. And at Monanigans asked, I just started a management consulting business. How do I get myself in front of the gatekeeper and how do I approach him? That's a great question. And you're right. It's different than what we've been talking about. So far, we've been talking about business to consumer mostly. Yes. Business to business is a little different. This is what I do for my day job. The company I work for is business to business. And what I would recommend for Monanigans. Yep, Monanigans. <laughs> what I recommend is take a look at LinkedIn. All the stuff that we were just talking about for paid advertising on social works for LinkedIn. However, it's much more of a professional arena, right? And LinkedIn has really good paid advertising. It's going to be more expensive than Facebook and Instagram, but the results you get are really good. You can target really well. Um, you can put your ad in front of specific positions. So if you are going for managers, you can avoid the gatekeeper who may be a secretary or, you know, customer service if they answer the phones there, answer the email, and get put in front of that manager's LinkedIn profile. I'd also recommend something else we talked about a little earlier in the show, which is networking. We brushed on it. Um, getting in and networking with that level of people if you're looking at like uh, C-level managers or, you know, product managers, whatever it may be for the industry you're going after, um, find out what networking events they have. I guarantee you they have them. Every industry does. I can't think of a single one that doesn't have some kind of convention or networking event or happy hour or whatever. The biggest city close to you is going to have something. So look up the industry publications, their online magazines, get on a couple of email newsletters and find out where those networking events they are, how much they cost. Um, a lot of times they're free because right, these organizations are just trying to get people from the community out. They're trying to push their own organization, whatever that may be. So that networking events are really good. Um, again, there's YouTube videos and, uh, Google articles about how to network if you're not comfortable with it and how to set up LinkedIn ads. Um, networking is really a skill. It's different than just having a conversation with a buddy. Um, you know, we talked about it a little earlier, but you, you have to be deliberate. You have to ask the right questions and you want to get to know people, right? It's supposed to be friendly. It's fun. There's usually food and drinks, but those are the two main things I would recommend. Look at LinkedIn ads. Um, I've used them before. I really like them. Um, you can also look at Google advertising, so advertising on Google search results. Again, that tends to be more expensive, but just as a general rule, business to business is going to be more expensive than business to consumer. Um, so 
yeah, take a look at those two. Google AdWords and LinkedIn advertising um, are both really good avenues to reach other businesses and uh, look at networking a lot more. Okay, cool. Thank you for addressing that one. Do you have any questions that you received online? Yeah, so the one I had um, was really what to do if you're starting from scratch. And we've talked about that a little bit. Um, but if you're really starting from scratch, if you're listening to this and you don't have a Facebook for your business, a YouTube, an Instagram uh, one, those are kind of the main three I would recommend. Um, but you want to start off with some market research. Figure out before you start who your audience is going to be, um, who's going to buy your product, look at your page, listen to your podcast, whatever it is. Figure out who that is, what they look like, right? And try and get pretty specific. Draw a, a profile, right? So for me, for my consulting business, and I like to name them just because it, it kind of keeps the customer profile straight, right? So mine is um, Bill. He's in his 40s. He had a career in you know, business and decided he hated it and had maybe a bit of a midlife crisis and decided to start his own company. He is okay with social media, but, you know, he just uses it on a personal level. He likes to fish. He shops at Target, right? So you can kind of see where I'm going, right? Mm -hmm. He's got, he's married with two kids. Um, stuff that may not directly impact the business, like the whole married with two kids thing, but it helps you, especially when you start targeting for advertising, but it helps you paint this picture in your head of the man or woman who's going to be buying your products, right? Jill is a single mom who's women in, all about women empowerment, owns her own business, wants to, you know, push things forward, loves running on the beach in the morning, right? Just kind of legit, yeah. almost like a dating profile, right? Yeah. Just start putting it together in your head of what this fictitious person looks like that'll really help you kind of get a handle on what your customers will roughly fall into and it's normal to have like four or five of these personas that you market to now you don't have to just pick one maybe in the for your core audience you want to start off with one and then as you start to grow maybe you find out that a group of people who you, you didn't expect would like your product does like your product and you can start building a profile for them so that would be number one is do a little market research. Once you figure out the kind of people who like your stuff and are going to follow it, um, start testing the waters. Create the accounts and consistency again. You want to have the same brand name across all the accounts. You want to have the same look across all of your business accounts. You want to have the same kind of feel. You don't have to post exactly the same content. In fact, I wouldn't recommend it. You want to post something different on Instagram than you do on Facebook than you do on YouTube, which is video, of course. And then Snapchat, you want to make it a little different. Um, and you can kind of test what works best on each platform. But make it look consistent. The banner, the name, the, you know, the at, whatever it is, make it consistent. And then, like we talked about earlier, start posting. There's really nothing to do but dive in at that point. You have to figure out and start posting so you can get feedback. Yeah. And then go from there. If you don't know what to do for your first piece of content document this process that i just talked about and that is your first piece of content right film yourself searching how to set up instagram ads film yourself you know creating this profile film yourself doing market research 
and have that be your first post because that's interesting. I mean, that's the reason I'm on this podcast is because it's interesting. People like knowing how you're setting up this business and people like to support new businesses, especially because the first people who follow your page are going to be your friends and family. They want to see you win. Yeah, exactly. People yeah. want to see you win just in general, right? You know, no one's looking to watch you crash and burn when you start a new business. They want to see you grow. So, you know, invite your friends and family to like your page. Have them invite everyone they've ever spoken to and start growing an audience from there. That's all legit, Chris. I, I was, you can't see me doing it, but I was like raising my fist when you, <laughs> when you were talking about let this explanation be your first piece of content and film record document yourself going through the process on how to create that business um because i think that there's something to be said about that relatability as a potential consumer of your product or um an audience member if you're trying to become an influencer they want to see the human side of you they want to see the struggle because everybody struggles, but we tend to forget that because of those carefully curated videos, pictures, and um, you know, on, on that feed that we we put together on Instagram, that we forget that there's a hustle and work and learning process behind it, and that's what people are intrigued about. It's the story of how they got there versus them just being there. It is. I think you mentioned something really important, which is to show the struggle. If in that process I mentioned, or something that you're going through right now, you hit a problem. Put it out there. Be like, man, I am struggling with whatever, right? Tax season is coming up and I'm just having issues, right? Or, you know, I'm struggling to figure out how to run Instagram ads or I'm struggling, you know, here's what I've done. So yeah, that's perfect content for those stories on Instagram or stories on Facebook. Quick little, I'm having problems. And two things will come out of that. One, like we talked about, it's more authentic. People get it, right? We've all been there trying to figure out something new that we've never touched before. It's hard. Two, you'll probably get a bunch of people who will jump in and be like, hey, I can help you with that or shoot you an answer to the question for free, right? It's a great way to crowdsource that problem you're having, especially if it doesn't involve anything proprietary. Yeah, put it out there. Figure out like, you know, what's going on, how to, you know, let people know what issues you're having and the struggle and then when you figure out how to do it, post that too and be like, yeah, I got it. Nice. Right? I finally figured out how to do this. Go check it out. And it'll drive even more traffic. Legit. Chris, um, what I really like about this episode is we kind of come to a conclusion is that you have a lot of practical steps that you've deployed yourself for the businesses that you've supported. Mm -hmm. um, you have marketing experience because of the firm that you work for. So you've got the, like, the, the professional know-how. And it's... It's not often that I get a little how-to on setting stages, so um, you're one of the few, that, uh, if, if I've even had any others, that can actually lay out some steps, some guiding principles to help people kind of trug along this whole journey of you know, being an entrepreneur. Um, how can people reach out to you, and how, you know, what kind of advice you know, that you've been able to provide here would they be open to asking or, like, that, you're, that you're willing to give? Sure. So... I'm happy to help, as we mentioned briefly previously. That's why I started this thing. It's because it's fun. I like learning about new businesses. I like learning about those problems. I like helping. Um, so you can find me on almost all social media. It's Morrison Marketing Solutions. Um, that's also the website, www.morsonmarketing.solutions. There's a dot before that solutions. Don't miss it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, reach out. Shoot me an email. Send me a DM. Um, I'm happy to talk, you know, 
I do free consultations. I'm happy to answer any questions you have. You're struggling with something. You can't figure out how to set up your Instagram. You're confused about why an email campaign didn't work. I'll take a look at it for free. Like, don't sweat it. I'm here to help. I want to, you know, share my knowledge. And ladies and gentlemen, Chris was so real about this. And he's like, I can I can talk to you about how to set up an email advertising campaign. I can set up a business card layout and design for you. But I don't know how to put together video. But I have the resources that do. I think that's legit that you oh, know yeah, your lane very sure. well. And you have a network of people that can help even if you don't have the immediate know-how or ability to do it. Exactly, yeah. I've got friends who do video, friends who do photography. I don't do any of that. So I'm happy to send them the the business right that's that's kind of again you want to help people out you gotta help the homies right legit so yeah that's what it's about chris thank you so much for your time and appreciate it my pleasure thanks for having me let's do it again come up with some other topics for sure absolutely be blessed (laughs) thanks a lot guys All right, Chris Morrison, everybody. Chris, thank you so much for giving yourself so generously and providing those actionable, practical tips and advice for those of us out there in setting stages who are trying to build their company or their brand. Super cool of you to be able to give that information for free, and you're still willing to hear out from other people. So for those of you who are interested in learning more about Chris and maybe some small tips and tricks that he's willing to provide, hit him up at morrison.marketing on Instagram. That's morrison.marketing on Instagram. Or you can hit him up on his personal page. That's at chrism6056. That's at chrism6056. Hit him up on the DM, and I'm sure that he'll be willing to have some cadence of conversation to help you out. For those of you who have found any value in today's episode or any previous episode of Setting Stages with Eddie Mack, please give this a rating on the platform that you're listening to. A higher rating would definitely be appreciated, and I ask that shamelessly because I think that if we can spread some positivity, some value, and it made a difference for you today, imagine if you can spread that same positivity and energy into somebody else's world, and giving us a rating will actually help boost our relevance on the uh, podcast platform that you listen from. That all being said, I'll catch you next week, next Thursday, for another installment of Backstage with Eddie Mac, which is the spin-off show of Setting Stages. In the meantime, I wish you all a day, a week, full of passion, positivity, and purpose. Let's go.